Hello, superheroes, and welcome to another edition of the Superhero Academy podcast, where I get to interview everyday superheroes who are taking on the world's biggest challenges. And sometimes when we're taking on challenges, you know, us everyday superheroes, we need inspiration. We need to learn from a variety of different people because many of the challenges that we are taking on are multifaceted. And so there are very few events out there in the world that I feel really tackle a whole bunch of different kind of futuristic, I would say, you know, uh, leading edge technologies and frames of mind other than this one event that I have the honor of participating in this year called Voice and Exit. And so my guest this week is Seth Blostein, who is a, you know, uh, somebody who's becoming kind of a, a close friend of mine at this point, who is a leading thinker in bringing these people together, in bringing a whole bunch of different um, talent to the table. So I won't go too far into the details of this. Just know that we are going to cover what the event is, where it's being held, you know, in Austin, Texas this year and, and hopefully around the world over time and way more about the event and where it's coming from because I guarantee you this is the kind of event that even people like me get really excited about. So I'm sure this is something that uh, will pique your interest. Of course, don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and if you can, make it out to the event. Look for those event details in the show notes or in the description or wherever. Go find that link, and I would love to see you there. What would it take to make sustainability sexy? I'm not talking about sex appeal or half-naked models. I'm talking about the sort of mainstream acceptance that makes sustainability a topic worthy of the popular kids' table. I gave myself a challenge a couple years back to really try and understand what was happening to our planet, and I felt helpless at first. I now feel more motivated than ever to see us turn back the disasters that so many knowledgeable people are convinced are coming straight for us. The way things are, if everyone lived like the average American household, we would need close to five planets just to survive. But how do you get people to stop living in such unsustainable ways? Can we get everyone to trade their cars for horses and buggies? Mm, no. I realized the solution was to create technology that would let people thrive in their modern lifestyles and protect the planet. How could that work? Well, you'll have to look at Wisdom Designs on buildyourwisdom.com to learn more. Hello, superheroes of the world, and welcome to yet another episode of the Superhero Academy podcast, where we are going to dive into what it what it's like to to be an everyday superhero. And I don't think any one person sees themselves as that. But at the end of the day, there are so many people who are out there inspiring us. And my good friend Seth here is a it's just one of those people. And You've heard some of his accolades, you've heard some of what he's been up to, but more importantly than anything else, uh, we are going to be talking a little bit about an event that I will be participating at this November, coming up real soon for those of you who are listening, obviously, um, from November 11th to 13th called Voice and Exit. It's something I'm going to be participating in, it's something I'm going to be giving an interactive workshop at. It's something that I am excited to meet you at, but I want to hear a little bit more about the story, about the event, why you know people like you 
would have such an amazing immersive experience uh, at this event and why it's different than other events and why I think, you know, you should come, why you should be a part of it. So thanks, Seth, for being a, part, a guest on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for inviting me, man. I'm psyched to be on. So tell me a little bit about yourself before we get into voice and exit and all this stuff. I would love to hear and learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Yeah. Well, my background is actually in film production and storytelling from from a visual kind of perspective. But since I was young, I was I was really always naturally drawn to visual storytelling, and it was a it was a kind of passion that I discovered very early on when I was probably 11 or 12 years old and started developing the skill at that at that age. And you know, I I think. When I think about sort of the the defining moments for me that that helped to bring me to where I am and what I'm what I'm working on today, a lot of it comes down to when I was at the end of my high school years and I went to what by you know most most common common people's understandings of of public school, I went to a pretty quote good public school. And I always I was kind of, you know, had the standard standard mindset towards school, which is that school sucks, you know, and, and I'd always conflated the two things of learning and school together and thought they were the same. And it wasn't really until I was, I was probably in my junior or senior year of high school. And I, I had a friend who was a little bit more awakened to things that were going on in the world than I was. And he turned me on to John Taylor Gateau and a lot of other kind of somewhat radical, uh, radical understanding of, you know, school and where it came from, the history of it. And so for me, it was, it was kind of an awakening of realizing, really kind of understanding where did school come from? What is it? And how does it shape the, the way that we view the world? And diving down that rabbit hole, I mean, I just learned all about you know, the Prussian school system, where it came from and, and how it was really designed to actually optimize workforce and even even soldiers. And there was no mystery about this. You know, it was the, the creators of the system designed it for that. And that's still the still the, the general broad strokes kind of school system that we have in, in the United States here, at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but for me, it just it popped open this distinction between school and learning. And I realized, well, I don't actually hate learning. I love learning. Learning is is expansion into unknown territory. It's it's the it's new experience. It's new it's new and deeper and more honest and authentic understanding of of ourselves and and our and how we're we're contextualized within the world. And so um, that really that that sort of process of busting open that reality kind of kind of prompted me on on a little bit of a analysis of all of the different institutions that compose, you know, society at large. Starting with the school system, I started kind of questioning all of these different institutions from from the school system to governance to law to, you know, economics and what are the what are these structures that compose what we call institutions of society and are they foundationally geared towards human flourishing? Are they are they foundationally designed, you know, does, does the form follow the function and what is the function mm-hmm. is the function about human well-being and, and, you know, prosperity, whatever you want to call it, happiness, joy, meaning in life. I call it human flourishing. And, and my co-founder and I, you know, we celebrate human flourishing at voice and exit. And, 
And it's really about taking an analysis of all of these, these kind of institutions and systems that compose our current world and on many levels, you know, within countries and then globally, and, and just understanding what's the, what were these designed for? Are they, are they maximizing, as we say, human flourishing? And so that, that really just led me down, you know, what's been a 10 year path of kind of studying all of these, these outdated now. I mean, it's just, obviously it's my, my opinion now that most of these institutions are outdated and sort of need to be renovated (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. and, or, and, or completely, you know, um, completely reinvented. And so Voice and Exit has been sort of a a gathering place where Max Borders, my co-founder and I, we, we share a lot of these, these ideas, new paradigms in, in all of these different institutions from personal well-being uh, all the way up to, you know, economics, technology, broad level kind of systems things that, that can either give rise to human flourishing or hinder human flourishing. And, uh, and so that's kind of where it's taken, taken root in, in the event itself. And it's really evolved into, into a movement of people who, who also recognize that the current infrastructure of our world is outdated, doesn't really serve the highest and best in humanity. And, uh, and, and, but not, not getting caught up in the anger, you know, phase of awareness of, of recognizing, you know, it's, it's not so good. Um, getting over the, the fact that it's it's a bummer and, and being angry about it and actually working towards positive solutions. What are the positive solutions? What are the ways that we can actually we can actually solve these issues? And so that's really what Voice and Exit is all about is uh, is criticized by creating, which is a, a quote that's, you know, uh, mysterious, somewhat mysteriously attributed to Michelangelo. Uh, it's uh it's this this uh understanding that that we can you know create the the best way to criticize is to create the solutions that make what you're criticizing you know no longer relevant yeah i i always you know i love the idea um who was it buckminster fuller who who basically says you know and i'm paraphrasing here um you know don't try and fix the current system necessarily really you know make a new system that makes the old one obsolete right exactly yeah focus on focus on the solution focus on the ideas going forward not the protest right like you know actually you mentioned so many things there in in that i think so many people who are listening to this podcast surely see themselves in which is the the anger that happens when you when you awaken right when you first kind of awaken to wait a second I'm going to start questioning how things are. And as you question, the more you question, the more you realize the cracks in in the foundation, right? The more you realize how much is going wrong in so many of the different uh, elements of the world, whether it be economics, whether it be schooling, whether it be all of these things. And I agree with everything you said, by the way. But the the idea of, of going down that rabbit hole, of saying, holy shit, like we don't have to be angry about what we've learned which is the natural response and i think everyone is going to feel it at the beginning and and the solution isn't to go out on the streets and protest the solution is to go and actually build something that replaces the old right that that allows this to be something tangible because you know some people ask you know they they you know we talk about the valhalla movement and all the stuff that i'm involved in and one of the things that when we first started is 
our tagline was, this is a solution, not a protest. And somebody was like, well, you guys are just a bunch of hippies. Like, you know, you have a dream. And I'm like, well, the difference between hippies, quote unquote, and it's a stigma <laughs> and it's a word and, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to degrade or whatever to perpetuate it anymore. But I'm saying the difference between what, you know, the typical hippie that somebody is degrading in their mind and what we're doing is, is that we're not, we're not complaining. I'm not sitting here telling you peace and love, but then not solving the problem that is at hand that, you know, there's reasons why people go to war. Is it bad reasons? Is it awful? Absolutely. There's reasons why the schooling system sucks. Is it awful reasons? Should we be spending less money on military and more money on schools? Absolutely. There's no doubt about the fact that we can do things better. But teaching and, and showing that path is what we're focused on, right? Showing yeah, the solution and building and, it and, and then bringing that solution and putting it in front of people, not only in the forms of just talks, right? Of like, oh, let me listen to this TED talk or watch this documentary, but also the interactive piece of it. The, the you know, what I'm so excited about with, with, with this event, with Voice and Exit, is that it's not just me going to sit down and listen to people talk. It's, you know, and, and, and I'm and not being one of the people who's going to go up on stage and talk the whole time either. The goal is really to facilitate real connections, real solutions, real people critically thinking and, and interacting with that, that kind of solution and, and, and pondering it and then thinking about how they can implement that solution where they live in their communities, in their businesses, in their, you know, uh, villages or hometowns or whatever, right? Exactly. And that's the difference. Yeah, and we, we really, the truth is, you know, we can, I'm a, I'm one of the most optimistic people I know. And I, I like to believe that I have endless creative energy. But the truth is that we, we only have so much creative energy that we can put into how we live our lives. And, and it, it's just, it comes down to a question of where do you want to put and focus that energy that whether it's dissatisfaction for something in the world, something that you see and know in your heart is, is not right, what are you going to do with that energy? You can invest it into perpetuating what it is by complaining about it, by criticizing, by getting out your, your pitchforks and, you know, going and protesting. Um, or you can use that, that creative energy and you can focus it into, okay, what would a world look like where this did not exist? And what would exist? What could exist? What's possible? What's another way of conceiving of, of, you know, insert, insert problem or insert institution. What's another way of thinking about this? And it is exactly that with Buckminster Fuller. It's, it's, it's the Bucky Fuller optimism, um, which is, you know, and we have that quote right on the, the front page of our websites. You don't change anything by, by fighting the existing reality. You know, you create a new model that makes the old one obsolete. And it's a totally different perspective on on changing the world, on on making a positive impact. Is is that you have energy, you can invest energy into something, right? You can invest it into the awareness, you know, the awareness piece about making people aware, or you can invest it into the solutions. And they're both important, but there's kind of a gap between the two, which I think a lot of us can easily get caught up in, which is the 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 complaining, you know, where you're you're raising awareness, but at a certain point, you've raised awareness enough, and and now you're sort of just beating the drum, complaining and perpetuating the mindset that you're actually dependent on this this uh, institution or issue, and 
the true way to transcend it is to just create something that is a new paradigm that makes it obsolete and that shows by example the way forward. And that's what the, the true spirit of criticized by creating is is really all about, is just show the way to a new paradigm. And that's that's really the intention we set for Voice and Exit is to explore new paradigms in all of the different dimensions of what it is to be human, from the individual personal optimization and spirituality side of things to the community level, how we interact as interdependent beings, and and all the way up to the kind of global level, what emerges when we're empowered and we, we transform on the individual and community levels, what emerges as a as a global, you know, global human flourishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what do you, you know, tell me a little bit more about, about the event. I mean, this is, you know, this is an event that you guys are now kind of wanting to see happen over and over and over again. This is an event that has already has a, has a little bit of a history. Tell me a little bit more about who we can expect to see. Like, what are some of these, you know, we mentioned so many broad topics, but who is coming up to this event? Who, what are we, what can I come and learn here? Because, um, I'm excited, and I, I know obviously a little bit more about the lineup and what's going on. But I'm really excited to uh, to have you dive into it and, and you know let your passion bleed through on some of this. Absolutely, yeah. So we we actually it's an interesting question because I'm a storyteller by by kind of background, and and Max, my co-founder, is also a writer storyteller. So we take a very storyteller approach to event design, and it's why I love it. You know, as a as a filmmaker, I really look at the event in terms of a scene by scene, you know, overall arc. There's characters. There's 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 different trials and tribulations that happen, and so. It's kind of designed, you know, with with the hero's journey in mind, and the way we formatted it is kind of four parts, four phases of the event over two and a half days. It begins with seeds, moves to sprouts, then there's blooms, and then harvest. So seeds are short format talks. There we have about twelve kind of visionary thought leaders in in the different dimensions of of what it is to be human, um, sharing new paradigms. That opens up into sprouts. Sprouts are, are essentially workshops that evolve naturally out of the seeds talks where you can you have more of a two-way conversation. It's more interactive. It's more about kind of diving deeper into the ideas in a, in a more personally meaningful way. And, uh, and it's, you know, obviously a little bit more choose your own adventure from the seeds talks that inspired you. You can kind of go down whichever rabbit hole you really want to or, or scan across all of them. And, uh, and then blooms is really what's missing from most kind of conferences or intellectual expansive, intellectually expansive experiences, um, which is really the cultural celebration, the aesthetic of, of human flourishing. It's, it's really a, a celebration of, of life and what is possible. And that's the intention we set with blooms. So it's performances, installations, um, it's, it's a, it's a kind of visualization exercise in real time of, of what the world could look and feel like, you know, in a flourishing future. And, uh, and it kind of gets you out of the head and into the heart space too. And just the simple foundational connection with these people who are going through this experience with you. And so, and then the last day of the event is called harvest. And we added this for the first time last year and it was very popular 
and basically what what I've experienced and 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 what a lot of people experience when they go to conferences or events is that you have this kind of, you know, quote festival or conference high for about a month or so after the event. You know, you've learned all these new ideas, you're really inspired, you've met all these amazing new people, and then you kind of transplant yourself out of that state back into your old patterns, habits, you know, processes, your old kind of life, even though you've gone through this, this experience, which can be, you know, everything from mildly transformative to full on, you know, epiphany. And, uh, harvest is really all about sort of helping, helping attendees integrate their inspiration into meaningful action plans. And not only that, not only, you know, not only, trying to come up with plans and all that, but just reflecting on the experience together before we, you know, jet off to wherever we're, we're going back to. So there's, there's meditative practices, there's mindfulness practices. I host a visualization usually, um, or did, did last year for the first time. And, and, and that was an interesting experience. And, uh, and so it's really about, you know, the integrative process of taking on all these new paradigm shifting ideas. It can be a little overwhelming. You know, it's it's a lot to to ingest and digest, and and harvest is really about about helping to to take on that process, and and we're constantly coming up with ways to continue that beyond the event, so that it's not just that that peak conference high that you have for a month that then peters out over the next six months, and you kind of you know trail off, and the value that you get at the event is, is it trickles and dissolves, so. So that's kind of the, the format itself of the event, and it's it really does follow the typical kind of hero's journey uh, of you know going into the unknown, exploring, getting to know it, and then bringing the 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 gems of of wisdom from the experience back into your community so that you can actualize it into meaningful ways, which criticize by creating, mm. and. Yeah, exactly. And so, so in terms of speakers that I'm really excited about, um, there's there's a few. I, again, I mentioned that the seeds talks really kick this whole thing off, and and it's they're formatted in in kind of three parts that I mentioned: self, community, and world. Um, I'm really personally excited about Dr. James Hart, who, if you've ever heard of the BioCybernaut Institute. Um, it was previously, you know, uh, loosely called 40 Years of Zen Program, which is, is now somewhat changed. Um, but uh, he's the pioneer in neurofeedback. And really, um, the process that he's developed over the last more than 40 years, I believe, is, is a neurofeedback training program that integrates pretty ancient practices and a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of powerful kind of uh, self analysis work um, with technology, with neurofeedback technology, which all it really does is show you a mirror of who you are when you hear your own brainwaves when you're in one of these chambers. And I had the opportunity to do the the BioCybernaut Alpha One training actually myself, which is a, a seven day, about 12 to 14 hours a day um, neurofeedback training course. And it's, it's massively transformative. I mean, the, the, the things that you discover about yourself over the course of that week, you know, you can mine through them for years. And, uh, and so I'm personally really excited about him and, and he's just a, he's a total wizard, you know, of consciousness. I mean, you hear the guy speak, he's amazing. Um, there's a, 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 a philosopher named Yasuhiko Genku Kimura, who I'm really excited about, who's 
who's a philosopher, he's an integral philosopher. So if anyone's familiar with spiral dynamics or integral theory with Ken Wilber, uh, he's, a, he's a philosopher along that kind of lineage. And, uh, and his talk is entitled The Singular We, you know, new pathways to tr personal and global transformation. But he's really going to be talking about how we reconcile this understanding that fundamentally we are all one, you know, and you don't need to get super woo woo to, to really, you know, go, go down that rabbit hole. I mean, uh, a lot of the revelations of modern science are showing how interconnected we all really are, but how do we reconcile that with how we actually perceive and interact with the world and, and those around us? And so I'm, I'm super excited about what he is going to be presenting, which he, he calls the omnicentric worldview. Um, so, and then of course, you know, along the lines of education, one of my favorite good friend of mine, Isaac Morehouse, who has a startup called Praxis, which is a full on criticized by creating, um, endeavor, um, attempting to really, uh, you know, I hate to use the word disrupt, you know, over and over again, but, but to disrupt higher education, how we think about it and how we understand it. And, um, I like to, to, say how, you know, Leonardo da Vinci didn't go to college and, and there was just a different, different, um, structure in place that really led to mastery during the Renaissance. And, uh, and I think that what he's doing, which is basically creating apprenticeship programs for young, talented individuals who want to take an alternative route to, to higher education, um, giving them a pathway and an opportunity to do so. And then I'll, I'll mention one more. There's a lot on the website. This, these sure. are just a couple. But uh, Michael Rice is a bioarchitect, um, totally brilliant Renaissance man. I mean, to way ahead of his time. Um, he, he's an Irish guy who just has a completely different understanding of how, how we think about physical space and the importance of the structural principles that, that – you know, are the foundation for spaces that we embody. I mean, we are beings that are constantly in spaces and we very often overlook the, the effect that spaces have on us, you know, living in boxes everywhere, moving from one box to another, you know, getting out of your apartment box into your car box, into the elevator box, into your office box. And, but, but, but really he's an architect and he's a designer and he, he designs from the principles of sacred geometry and bioarchitecture and, and biomimicry. And he's just a brilliant guy. He's been someone who's been on my radar for a long time. And I'm so excited to have, have actually gotten him uh, involved this year doing a Seeds talk and a workshop um, with a couple of other brilliant designers and architects this year. So those are a few that I'm personally just incredibly thrilled about. But Man, there's there's nobody on this list that I can't wait to see. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you know that's you know th that's the crazy thing is I I go to these events all the time, and most of the time I go to these events, um, it's very entrepreneurial. It's very much about you know marketing or sales or about like a whole bunch of different things, and and, and it's very much focused on entrepreneurship. But what I really love is, you know, you guys seem to have curated a an event that is so leading edge in so many ways. Like the vastness of topics that you just brought up with all the different speakers and, and workshop leaders and so on that are going to be present at this event. I mean, there's things in there that most people I'm sure have not heard of at all, 
right? Like, you know, bioarchitecture, like I've heard about this kind of stuff and I've looked into it and, and it's because I've been kind of diving down the rabbit hole of architecture recently in terms of sustainable design and all of those things. But until I had kind of found, you know, more more of a passion for something like that, I, I don't think the average person considers, hey, wait a second, is the fact that this room is square affecting me? Is the fact that the color on the wall actually, you know, changing my mood changing my the, the the feelings that i have is you know natural sunlight you know helping me or is it is it hindering me if i'm in, you know cooped up in a basement or something like that there's so many different factors that go into our our lives but there's so many different factors that you guys have kind of considered from the perspective of hosting this really amazing meeting of the minds because i think it's more than you know what I could say is different about this event and why I'm, why I'm so excited, why I reached out to you. Um, I feel like almost a year ago, maybe was when we, maybe when we started to talk or, you know, almost a year ago. Um, point being is what I saw out of your event was that you guys were, were pushing the boundaries. What you guys were talking about, the topics that were on deck are things that you don't just, you know, see trending on YouTube every day kind of thing. This isn't, you know, front page news all the time, but it ought to be. Right. It, it, it these kind of topics should be more do need more. Ironically, they need more of a voice. Right. Mm-hmm. They need exactly. more people to hear about it. They need more people to ponder and consider. And there's so many brilliant people that aren't necessarily as great on social media or don't have the, the biggest Instagram following. So. So they're not heard as much, right? You know, how many people work in, in like museums like the Smithsonian, for example, and, you know, worry about like, I don't know, cataloging all the world's birds, for example. I mean, that's an amazing thought. That's an amazing task that we are putting together and doing actively on this planet today. And yet we don't hear about it. So I think what I really respect out of, out of your, your, your storytelling abilities in this is that you've curated a story of, of so many people who I've just never even heard of. But yet when you describe what they're doing, what, what they're working on, I'm enormously fascinated. You know, mm-hmm. I recently went to an event and I won't name names, but I recently went to an event and I didn't really learn anything from the talks itself. Like I took a, maybe one or two takeaways or nice little quote here and there. But I wasn't like excited. It wasn't something I would have researched on my own. I was there mainly to interact and to to connect with other people and, you know, maintain relationships and stuff. But this is an event, you know, I'm coming to voice and exit because I'm I'm ready to have my mind blown. I'm ready to have like topics being thrown at me and ideas being thrown at me that I've just never even pondered before. And I feel like that's almost rare because I'm constantly researching and, and looking into so many different topics. But the idea of having somebody with with such a, a vast expertise come up and and explain some of these things is is you know to me really unique so um yeah i mean i, I don't know about you yeah. listeners who are, who are out there and you know paying attention to this but uh there was a couple of things that i was just like okay yeah tell me when that's on schedule <laughs> tell me when that's gonna go be going down because i'm gonna you know i definitely want to hear more about that and and there's so many t- topics like that out there right and and that's why I think that the growth of this mentality, though, the growth of the solution-based, um, I don't know, I want to call it futurescaping, right? Like the the idea of like looking into the future and then and then looking at the past and saying, okay, what do we do right here and right now in the present to truly 
disrupt and change and drastically alter what we are currently doing because the status quo um you know we all talk about like oh you know changes need to happen incrementally and and over time and and i believe that in many cases but i believe that we are headed towards some pretty radical shifts i think we're we're kind of on the hockey stick curve of of technology and and of new forms of thinking new forms of education uh one of which you mentioned that really resonates with me which is mentorship um mm -hmm. the idea of schooling that is really way more hands-on the idea of learning something but not only learning it but then you know harvesting it as you said right like putting it into practical application for myself uh, and in my life and and considering changing and making shifts and changes right here and right now just after coming to an event like this for example that is massive and the idea of mentorship as a form of education uh is kind of a little bit of a lost art you know we we would like to think that this you know school teachers are there to mentor our children in in you know whether it be uh, uh, kindergarten all the way up to universities but i don't think that's really the case i think we we've entered into a system where it's much more you know people it's designed to to create factory workers it's designed to create nine to fivers it's designed to create people who fill in jobs and roles it's not designed for people to critically think it's not designed for people to push the boundaries of something it's really designed to fit within the box and so mentorships you know I, you know i was reading uh, mastery and he speaks you know the the author robert, his name? Green. robert yeah. green that's it yeah speaks enormously about mentorships and the mm -hmm. idea of that and and it's a it's a concept that even my life now that i'm you know starting up superhero academy and and, and you know it's been up and running for a little while that has been the best radical shift that I've ever seen in in a student of mine you know mm -hmm. when when they went through the mentorship programs I've never seen people go and make a total 180 I've never seen somebody go from you know this is my story this is my life this is what I do all the way to like this is my new story this is my new habits my new lifestyle my new ways of thinking immediately and, yes. and mentorships just enable that and and I think you know, we've all seen a documentary or two that, that has radically changed our outlook on something. Um, I feel like this event, you know, promises to do that and so many different topics. And that's why I'm, I'm truly excited about it. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that it, it's kind of just what our time calls for. I mean, when we, when we take an honest assessment of where things are, you know, there's a lot that's not going so great that we can, we can, we can be, um, upset about, right? I mean, there's a lot of institutions. We don't need a couple of institutions to be kind of reinvented. We need a pretty sweeping new understanding of what this next paradigm that broadly that we're moving into is going to be all about. And that's why we take such a holistic approach to the type of content we bring in because it can't be so specialized. We're moving into a, into a paradigm that's a lot more holistic in terms of how we understand ourselves in the context of, of being, you know, individuals, communities, and a, and a global community. And so that's sort of why we, we take this broad span of new paradigms all the way from, you know, exiting, exiting your current, you know, mindset on an individual level all the way up to, to broader community type aspects. And it is always stuff that you've never heard of before, 
that that will disrupt the status quo, right? Almost by by definition. Um, I did a podcast a, a year and a half ago or so with Stephen Kotler, author of Rise of Superman, and uh, and former Voice and Exit speaker, and he's an he's a expert and writer on flow states, and it's kind of the psychology of optimal consciousness as they as they define it, and uh, and what he said is that the future is never created at the fringe, uh, at the mainstream rather it's, it's created on the fringes. So everything that you've ever come across, that's a truly paradigm shifting innovation will come from the fringes. And so we look at the fringes for the most, uh, sometimes radical contrarian ideas, but we take a very honest and practical look at them. It's not, you know, dreaming up in the clouds about utopia. It's, you know, utopia is a state of mind, and and it's a it's a realistic thing if you can build a ladder to it, right? And so, voice and exit is kind of that optimistic, in some ways idealistic dreamers that aren't just dreaming; they're they're building the ladders, and and I think we really need that right now because there's so many of these institutions that are outdated. There's so many, and not just hard institutions like you know medicine and. And, uh, and building practices and governance, which all, I mean, clearly, you know, we look at the debates and we see the, the pinnacle of where we are politically in the United States. And uh, there's really no question <laughs> that that needs to be renovated. And actually, while, I'm, while I mentioned that, Jordan Greenhall is a speaker this year who's going to be talking about exactly that, using crypto technologies and, and cryptocurrencies to create liquid democracies and, and create more empowering um, sort of ways of, of governance for, for individuals. So it's another interesting one. But the thing you mentioned about mentorship is super important. And I think this is kind of one of the softer institutions that has really fallen out of, out of sync. It's, it's really disappeared. When you look back at, 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 you know, what made the Renaissance great, what produced all of these masters, they had the guild system, they had apprenticeships, with people who studied within lineages of masters. And we don't really have that today. And and wisdom is transmitted most effectively through through masters, through people who, who can dock the learning experience to what you're actually going through as a student and understand it. It's not something that you can create boilerplate, put in a textbook and hand it over to someone and say, here, become a master. You know, it's everybody has a unique individual journey of, of learning and and we've gotten a little bit to and I, I'm being a little sarcastic here. We've gotten a little bit too stuck in the kind of uh, one size fits all mindset that there's there's uh, information and everyone needs to have this information and they'll become the master by studying it very well. Um, this is why this is why Socrates didn't write anything. You know, people wonder that about that, and it's because he believed that you lose something when you when you communicate in that way. That that really the true, the true teaching comes from interaction in person with a master, um, with someone who can guide you through the experience, and that that gets confused and distorted through writing and 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 keeping things locked into pages where they can't be fluid anymore. They can't. It, it, it sort of locks the learning in. And it, and, re- and it removes context, which is a key component. Exactly. Right? Yes. Like I can say something and have it be way more contextually relevant if the timing is, is right. <laughs> or if I show you something and then say something, right? Like mm. 
and 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 seeing is believing in some scenarios. I mean, you know, you you can look at comedy for example, right? I can say the punchline to any com- comedic joke, but if I don't set it up properly, if I'm not, <laughs> you know, in you're not in the context where you've been warmed up as an audience. If you're not in the context of like you're here to laugh, then you might take it number one wrong. You might see like, oh, that was racist, even though in a comedy club, it's it, you know, obviously it's there to to poke fun, not to really to really say something of any of any, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, offensive nature. So there's mm-hmm. so many different contexts that are lost when it comes to having something written in a textbook. And so, you know, obviously I think there, there are upgrades with like, you know, now uh, video and online courses and those kind of things are, are things that I'm kind of personally invested in. And, uh, and I do see as, as one of the steps in the right direction because it allows to the democratization and, and, you know, it allows school to be significantly cheaper. Uh, you know, people do not need to go and live on campus and pay th- hundreds of thousands of dollars for their education, but really could, you know, receive something like this basically her uh, pennies uh, of that cost, let's say. Um, and then the other element to it is how do we how do we not only regard like because we're, we're living in a world where there's just there's so much information that we don't know what's what the difference is between um i guess valuable information sometimes and unvaluable information or information that's that's there to muddy the waters and so right. you know you don't you mentioned politics for a second i mean the, the reality is that you know somebody like trump is a master at muddying the waters unfortunately and 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 yeah but so is hillary and and that's generally the context of which politicians do you know they do is that they they point out very specific little things but then when it comes down to like you know hey what's your plan like tell me some specifics it's like well muddied waters and so the context of of not knowing where to get our information is now um is lost a little bit because we don't we can read an a headline on uh i don't know on on social media on facebook or something and then immediately think that it's true and if we were spending time with real masters, we would know the difference between truth and 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 falsehoods. We would know which masters are uh, are are kind of in disguise and 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 you know uh, hidden in the shadows. And we would also know which ones are fake. We would also know immediately, pretty much, uh, which people are are kind of full of shit. And there's that element that you know just this in-person mentorship uh, allows for that is next level now. All that being said, I would love to know a little bit more about what are your intentions with with not only this event, but I guess your intentions going forward. Is this something that you you hope to expand? Is this something like where where do you see Voice and Exit going? Do you do you see this as expanding in other directions, or do you guys really just kind of want to keep it as hey, no, this is a you know contained event. This is something we want to do from time to time, uh, you know, once a year or whatever it is. Like what where it's, what's your vision for Voice and Exit? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost is to serve this community, this movement of, of people who are looking for new paradigms to go out and, and create, you know, and, and actualize in the world. And so we talk about, you know, the best ways to do that. I mean, right now, the annual event that creates a massive ripple throughout the year is is the most effective way um, that we can do that. But we are expanding into doing more online content, more digital content so that we can, we can just scale bigger, you know, reach more people, have a, have a bigger impact, um, get more of the gems that are floating out there on the the fringes of possibility and bring them to, to the light of day because we, we need to see them right now. And, and so, yeah, right now we're really focused on 
on continuing to build the event here in Austin, Texas, and uh, and growing it potentially out into other cities in kind of you know independently organized versions of the event. We've got about four or five different uh, different event organizers that are interested in doing it across actually a couple different continents too. So super excited to to grow it and and to move into different places because I think this is a global conversation um, that can happen in a meaningful way within the context of every community out there. You know, what not only how can we, I mean, I think voice and exit, you know, in Austin is really the the global conversation of taking, you know, the best of the speakers that we can find from around the world and bringing them here to share. But within each community, really, this is a conversation that needs to happen is how can we as a community criticize by creating and create a, a better community that does maximize human flourishing, that does give rise to human well-being. And, and that's going to be a different conversation, any, any different community that you go into based on the, the values, the, the context, again, of, of what is relevant, what is important, um, what needs help and where the potentials are. So that's kind of my hope is to see it grow into, into different communities and to see different communities spawn as a result of this. It's a, it's a big it's a big kind of central goal of ours with Voice and Exit. I mean, just the name Voice and Exit itself means that we voice our creative power um, to to try and make positive social change or change in our lives. And if we can't do that, then we exit and create anew. And so that's the kind of paradigm shifting mentality of if something isn't working for you, don't be afraid to let it go and go create a new paradigm for yourself in the individual sphere um, or your or new communities, really, which is, I think, what this next stage um, is really going to be all about. And you, you guys are doing it with Valhalla, and so you know a lot about people who are creating new kind of micro communities and making experiments in, in what I, I like to call community pioneering. Um, and experimenting with with how we live together in the way that an entrepreneur might experiment with a product or to, to understand how to improve this how does how does this fundamentally give rise to human well-being the different rules or the different values that we establish as a community um, we need to see kind of a renaissance I think of experimentation in this in order to really find the new paradigms that can replace the current ones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely well I mean I, I think you know, I would love to see this go global. I would love to see how this kind of grows and, 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 and continues to shape. And I'm very excited to, you know, you kind of make my way into this community uh, and, and at this event this November. So for those of you who are listening, um, you know, if we haven't already convinced you with some of the speakers and some of the topics and some of the different things, I think this is an event uh, that you cannot miss. This is an event that I, you know, I'm flying all the way from Canada to, to kind of uh, be a part of and and I would love to meet you there and I'm sure Seth feels the same way you know we want to see people step up we want you not only to step up in your ideas not only for you to learn about new new things but then to also participate in meeting other people who feel the exact same way who will also be present at this event so um, you know for those of you who are looking to know uh, you know buying tickets or anything like that there are links in the description, uh, in the show notes, in everything. You know, just just find those links, or if you just want to visit voiceandexit.com, uh, 
all you know voice and spelt out exit.com you can really go and enjoy uh that you know the the you know see who the speakers are see who's coming uh and you know get all the event details that you need so seth i leave you the floor uh to kind of you know convince somebody to, to make their way out there to one last you know anything last words that you feel like you want to say anything else that you want to say to anybody listening to this right now who's maybe on the fence um yeah what you know what would you put out there i i think i would just say you know the first step to real transformation is dissatisfaction and so if there's something that is dissatisfying you about the world there's only one way to 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 really take that energy and positively harness it and it is to criticize by creating and surrounding yourself with people who are doing that just accelerates and, and exponentially amplifies that. And that's what I really love about the event. Um, so if you want to get kind of positively inspired, meet amazing other like-minded change makers and storytellers and creatives um, and Renaissance men and women, it's it's really, you know, the place to be. And that's that's why I love it and why I, I you know, love being a part of it and, and working on it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, And all of you who are listening, I do have one quick plea, which is beyond coming to this event, if you can't make it, if you feel like this is not something that you're going to be able to make on those dates, then realize that, first of all, this event will happen again. But but also realize that this might this event might serve somebody, you know. And so if you know somebody who you think would be enormously interested in this event, in some of the speakers that we mentioned, um, and in the the ethos of what we are putting out here, then send it to somebody. Let somebody know about either this podcast and have them listen to this, or literally just send them the link to the event itself. Because I know that when somebody sent me an event one day and they said, you have to go to this, These, these the lineup here is going to change your life. Um, I went and it did change my life. And it really has, has allowed my my business and my network and all kinds of things to grow and flourish. So I know that this event is going to open the minds of many, uh, just like, you know, other events and and, and events have done for myself. So be sure to, be sure to share it with people. Sorry. And, uh, we'll see you there. Hopefully. All right. Well, thanks Seth so much for being a guest and, uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Don't forget to like comment, subscribe, share all those amazing things. And, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Mark.